Welcome to the chat on News Talk 94.1. I am your host, Kelly Swallows, and today we're focusing on another nonprofit organization that does phenomenal work around the Upper Cumberland. This one is for all of you animal lovers out there or for anyone who basically has a heart, um, ARF, and that is A-A-R-F. It stands for All About Rescue and Fixin'. Um, it is a small group of volunteers. Volunteers is the key word there. I have with me Brittany Robbins. She is a volunteer with ARF. How are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. It's so good to see you here. Um, we talk a lot in this segment of nonprofits that do such great stuff around the or- uh, Upper Cumberland, but you do stuff for all of those four-legged little critters. Talk to me about it. Yes, ma'am. So we are a very small organization. Um, a lot of times people may hear of ARF or Google ARF and think that we um, are similar to the ASPCA or some sort of organization like that. However, we are not. Um, we are just centrally focused here in the Upper Cumberland of Tennessee. Um, founded out of Baxter. Um, our president's name is Jennifer Farley. She founded the organization, I think, 2007-ish. So you um, been around 2005, a while. 2007, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's been quite a while, um, but we're essentially completely comprised of foster homes. So unlike some shelter organizations or maybe funded rescue groups that have private funds or sort of, uh, you know, state or, or county funded, we are essentially all donation-based, all donation-based and all foster care-based. So every one of our pets that we help is in a home, okay. just like, um, you know, my home, your mm-hmm. home, any home that has pets and kids and a normal day-to-day, that's where our animals reside until they're uh, able to be adopted. Okay. So when someone might be out and about, and I know my mom and my aunt have been involved with this organizations quite a bit, if they see an animal that may have been injured or is obviously a stray, what is the steps that you need to take um, uh, to maybe reach out to ARF? Well, if you are in Putnam County or a county that has an animal control, that's the first place you want to go. Okay. Okay. Because we are foster care centered and volunteer driven, it's um, everybody's at work, everybody has their own day-to-day life, so we are not essentially the sheriff's office or animal control. We can't, we're not really the first line of defense okay. for a stray, if okay. that makes sense, mm-hmm. or an injury, if it's an emergency. So in those situations, you want to contact your sheriff's office, your animal control office. Cookville, uh, Putnam County has a fantastic animal control and shelter facility. Cumberland County has the same setup. DeKalb County has similar. We have several counties in the, in the um, Upper Cumberland that have that setup. And many, though, do not. So a lot of times we will get folks that reach out to us on our Facebook, um, on our voicemail phone line that have found a dog or have uh, seen one injured or whatnot. And we just direct them on to those municipalities because it's a little bit harder for us to step in in those instances because we are so limited being foster care based. Um, And when we find a stray, there's a Tennessee legal state hold of three to five days. So it's hard for us to just take that dog in when it could literally be someone's dog who they're looking for. That might not have its collar right. still on or anything Exactly. Like that. So mm-hmm. we always ask for folks to do their due diligence. Look around your communities, your neighborhoods that it was found in. There's a great Facebook page called Rescue 931. It's a group that um, we ask people to post pictures in and descriptions in if they're looking for, you know, maybe an owner of a, a lost pet. Because we find that a lot in the Upper Cumberland. Pets who are roaming and maybe not kept in a secure fence, 10 yards 
card or something like that. So that does happen a lot, and we do direct them to the right um, places in their respective counties, and we can help as much as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's usually very limited, those particular instances. So how does someone become a foster for ARF, or how do they get in touch with um, you all and basically become that foster situation? Where do your animals come from? Right. So our primary thing um, and the way that we like to serve the Upper Cumberland is through the um, shelters. So we can pull from the shelters after that five to seven day Tennessee state legal hold is up. Then they become our dogs, our pets, and go into foster care. Stop me. I'm going to stop you right there. After that five to seven hold, what does that mean? That means the dog is now the property of the county shelter facility or the organization like us. Okay. But prior to that, they're on a hold because they could have an an actual home that just hasn't stepped forward. Now, you guys get involved because what if that dog or cat is not adopted out of the shelter? Um, What you mean, is there potential shelters that euthanize pets here? Um, Every municipal shelter in the South do have euthanasias, but their euthanasias are usually based on the capacity of the community to help through rescue groups, through foster homes. Like you. So, right, exactly. So that's why we are here and we keep those, the community uh, in the Upper Cumberland, the shelter facilities on a low kill status. But it is simply because we exist Mm -hmm. and we do foster care um, based pools from shelters and we do stray pools as well. But it's a little bit trickier sometimes because we do have that Tennessee state legal hold where we don't want to get in trouble actually taking in someone's dog and or someone's cat. When it's an owned pet, you're essentially stealing it if you don't give them that, you know, due diligence of time to come forward. So we like to cater to helping the shelter systems. So any county that has a shelter, we say, take it to the shelter, get it checked in there, and then we will step in from there. So you guys have a really good relationship with the shelters, and you right. work kind yes. of coincide one and with one. them. One, okay. Hand in hand. And we also do transports. Mm-hmm. So the Upper Cumberland has a huge issue in that we don't spay and neuter our pets very well. That is the one thing I really want to get to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, that's the whole reason why rescue groups like us have to exist. We, we wish we didn't have to do it, but we do. And, and we're overwhelmed and so were the shelters so that's where we like to jump in and help the shelters through fostering pools um, and also transport programs so we have vans that we fill up with crates and we take animals dogs and cats both fill the van full and take it to new england um, states so facilities that are strictly no kill and they are actually desperate for pets in a lot of senses yes in a lot of areas they don't have the same issues that we do here in the south interesting Mm -hmm. you're teaching me a lot of yes and it's very much because we don't have a lot of spay and neuter as a routine thing it's not as um is it a state law at all or no kind of laws okay okay and up north they don't have that they have laws and regulations and restrictions well there's hope that we can maybe move towards that again i'm talking with Brittany robbins uh with arf and can you tell me the website and a phone number yes and you did ask and i negated to answer but the foster (laughs) system the way that you plug in as a foster or as a volunteer to help with our organization, which we always need, fosters and volunteers, or else we couldn't do anything to help, um, is through the website. It's aarf-tn.com, and you'll see a link uh, for foster, volunteer. There's forms, brief forms. We just kind of want to know a little bit about your household, how many pets you have, and that sort of thing um, in order to match you up with a good foster uh, applicant. Okay, that is great. Thanks again. We're going to be back for our next segment to talk more about ARF.
Welcome back to News Talk 94.1 The Chat. I'm your host, Kelly Swallows, with Brittany Robbins from ARF. That's A-A-R-F. That is all about rescuing and fixing. Their website is aarf-tn.com. You can reach them at 931-260-8018. And this is a complete volunteer basis. So I want to, we talked at the break, all about rescuing and fixing. You're not just a rescue organization. Talk to me about the fixing. Right. So part of our goal as an organization is to help decrease overpopulation in the Upper Cumberland. Um, the South has some problems in that we don't spay and neuter uh, soon enough in a lot of instances, and we don't keep our uh, small puppies and kittens, um, you know, inside and safe from being able to procreate. So we see a lot of excess cats mm-hmm. and dogs who need homes. Um, and the reason for this is we are aren't taking advantage of um, pediatric spays and neuters. So our area is fortunate enough to have several local area clinics, one of which is here in Putnam County, and it's the Humane Society of Putnam County. And they are grant-based, not-for-profit, and they do pediatric spays and neuters. So that means if you have a kitten and it is two pounds or 10 weeks, so sometimes they'll be two pounds before their 10 weeks, but either way, if they have that two pounds on their body, they're able to be under anesthesia and be spayed or neutered. Um, and then puppies, same thing, 10 to 12 weeks. Okay. So talk to, I have two questions yes. and I'll tell you the two questions and then I'll let you answer them. Okay? <laughs> okay. First, I get the first thing I hear from people is it costs money to spay and neuter. You're going to tell me about that. And number two, second thing, I hear it from vets. I've had my own pets myself. You aren't supposed to spay and neuter till they're a certain age. Tell me about both of those. Right. So it does cost money to spay and neuter, unfortunately, because we have doctors who have to work um, and get paid for their work. Um, And so that's a thing that is just going to always exist when you're being a responsible pet owner. You're going to have fees for things. The spay and neuter clinic actually, though, is grant-based, as I mentioned. So they can get grants a lot of times for specific breeds or specific uh, aged cats or puppies and will can a lot of times give you a very, very, very good price break. Um, they do income-based as well payments, so you can ask for that. But the, the rebuttal that I often use for people who say that is, well, how much does it cost to feed a little litter of 10 puppies exactly. and their mom? Over the course of six months or so, that adds up to a lot of food, and I know that you can pay for a spay or a neuter for that same amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, if not less in a lot of instances. So I think that's sort of the rebuttal that I usually Good. use in that case. <laughs> I hear it, girl. <laughs> because it, it's just part of being a pet owner is that, you, yeah, you have to take them to the vet. You want to make sure they're healthy. And I like to tell people I care about dogs and cats, and I love them in that I love all of them. I care about their emotional health, their physical health, and their reproductive health is just a part of that. And they're not supposed to keep getting pregnant every single year. Right. It's very not healthy. No, it's not. It's very unhealthy, especially for cats. I've seen a lot, a lot of trauma Mm -hmm. from female mama cats who have just had their entire existence has just been being mated over and over and over. Talk to me about my second part of that question is the age at which spaying and neutering. I Mm -hmm. want you to tell me it's not just your opinion. It is from a doctor's opinion, a vet's opinion as well. Yes. And this exists just with spay and neuter clinics, essentially. So you can't often 
can go into a full-service vet and get a pediatric spay and neuter simply because they don't have the certain training, the specific uh, knowledge that a spay and neuter clinic um, surgeon might have. So, yes, with a full-service vet, they'll oftentimes tell you, wait till six months, wait till a year. Usually it's easier for them to do the surgery uh, in that capacity, but Oftentimes, the information that doesn't get carried on is that, but here's a service local to you that can help you get them fixed right away, um, and that is through pediatric span neuter, which is through through clinics. So it's sort of like similar to clinics with humans. It's just with pets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the age at which a kitten can be spayed or neutered, um, and also with a dog. We do, I mean, myself, we had a dog. He was always in our yard, never left our side. Um, we waited for a year or so, but he was never out just roaming around. Um, If you do have the situation where you are having uh, an animal that might be roaming um, or you need to have it spayed and neutered, you don't intend to breed it or anything like that, which we don't encourage. uh, What is those ages? Right. So 10 to 12 weeks old. And I think a lot of um, things that tend to happen that we see is that folks might have, for example, a cat who's a female unspayed in their home. The cat's never left their home. Maybe she's five, six years old, never been spayed or neutered, doesn't have any issues. Um, and then they find a male kitten outside mm-hmm. and they bring it in and it's just a kitten, right? But if it's four months old, it can start producing those hormones. So I have actually heard stories of people doing Good Samaritan work, bringing in a male kitten into their home, not realizing that that kitten can mate their female cat. Okay. And that has happened before. So, so instances like that, it's best to just go ahead and get your, even if you do responsibly keep it, it's best to go ahead and get them spayed or neutered to it helps break um, a lot of physical barriers like with um, pyometria and uh, cancers. Female cats and dogs can get cancers really easy, prostate cancers. Those type things will start creeping up in a dog or cat at a certain age. So it's good to just go ahead, get them spayed or neutered as soon as you possibly can, um, especially, again, if you have trouble keeping them inside. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're feeding a cat outside, make sure immediately before you continue to feed it throughout the summer that you're checking and making sure it's fixed. Mm-hmm. And you can always call you all at mm-hmm. 260-8018 yes. or com mm-hmm. to find out um, how to help trap and get it fixed. Yes. I know you guys are super helpful with that. Yes, You gave me a figure of how many animals you took to New England last year, just in one year? Yes. So basically, we have the foster care organization, which looks like we pull them into foster care, we get, we get them spayed or neutered, and then we get them adopted. And then another segment of our organization organization, which is just as big of a deal, and we put a lot of work into that as well, and a lot of times people don't see it or don't recognize it, um, is our transfer program. So we have vans that we have been granted, and we pull from local area shelters and send them to shelters in New England. So last year, we sent around 856 dogs and cats. 856. Right, and that's on a year that wasn't typical, so it's usually more than that. And you're sending them from this small area Mm -hmm. up there because they register their pets. They have more of spay and neuter, so they mm-hmm. do not have as crowding and overpopulating as we right. do here. So right. wake up, everyone. Spay and neuter your animals. And I do want to ask you a quick question. We only have about 25 seconds sure. left. Um, breeding. I am so tired, and I'm going on my, my pedestal <laughs> here. I'm tired of he- hearing people breeding these animals. I don't yeah. care what breed it is. It is a problem. Yeah. Is it not? Mm-hmm. Well, the accidents that are happening is enough 
for us to be full, let alone folks intentionally doing oh, it. Oh, it's intentional all over. Right. And well-educated people doing it. They are not doing their research. <laughs> no, you're not. It's very, 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 very sad. And we will be right back with ARF in our last segment. Welcome back to News Talk 94.1. The chat. Kelly Swallows here talking with Brittany Robbins from ARF, all about rescuing and fixing. Um, it's AARF-TN.com. You can reach them at 260-8018, area code 931. We have talked so much about great things, but donations is what all nonprofits come down to. So do you need donations? Yes, always. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me about what a donation would mean, um, right. what it could do for you. So, for example, our vet bills are probably the primary primary place that most donations are funded towards. We do ask for uh, donation amounts for each pet. So a puppy is a certain amount, an adult dog is a certain amount, and then we have price for cats. Um, those donations usually, we like to say, go back into vet care for spay and neuters for that particular pet, but a lot of times they go back into vet bills for other pets because we are sort of the frontline call for, um, say for example, we have a county in the area with no shelter, and there's a dog who gets hit by a car in that county um, that dog might then be able to be taken into our program but it first needs to see a vet a lot of times there's x-rays involved and if they go through you while they are all spayed and neutered prior yes. to being adopted into a yes. home or fostered okay. yes um, we spay and neuter them before they're adopted so they can go into foster care unspayed or neutered but that's why to become a foster for us we do have a form and we want to make sure that you know all your pets are spayed or neutered or all your pets are up to date on vaccines so that when we bring a new pet like this into your home, we can make sure everything is safe. Okay, so yeah. I can be a foster. That doesn't mean that the animal will live at my house till till the end of its life. I could just be that foster for that in between time. Right. Um, and that's that's a wonderful opportunity. Um, that it's would amazing. be hard to say goodbye to them, though. <laughs> it's amazing. It is single handedly the most rewarding, amazing thing I have ever done with my life. So I mean, you bring them into your home um, because there's obviously not enough shelter space here, right. um, and they're getting a loving home mm -hmm. until you find your organization right. finds another home for them, a yeah. permanent home. So we just work on socialization, crate training, leash training, um, getting them set up for adoption. And then as soon as they're spayed and neutered, we take their little glamour shots. Yes. We list them on our uh, website and we have amazing, amazing adopters. We adopt locally. We adopt out of state, upstate. We have a huge reach. And so for the most part, we have no trouble getting a dog adopted. So you're, um, or a cat essentially either so really the stay in your home can vary mm -hmm. um, and you let us know hey I can foster puppies I can foster kittens or I want to do maybe something that'll adopt really quickly let's do small dogs or let's so you have yeah, you get to pick mm -hmm. yeah there are options there are unfortunately <laughs> every top pet in need in mm -hmm. our area so it's not just dogs and cats probably too right well the, <laughs> and actually the animal shelters do end up taking in a lot of times hamsters and and ferrets and different things like that so but essentially yes the the, or our organization focuses on cats and dogs. Okay, so donations. Uh, do you have an annual goal budget that you need? I know you're very varying each year between how many animals you take in and transport, all that. What is your goal each year? Right. I'm not sure we have an exact goal. Uh, we just like to say that we can cover all of our vet bills, essentially. Okay. Okay. Um, and a lot of times we are able to get grants. So if you, you are out there and you're listening and you have been a grant writer previously or you would like to be a grant writer for either the spay and neuter clinic 
clinic or our organization, we would welcome you open handedly because we do need, you know, funds like that from grants. We also partner with Petco, the Petco store here. They have a foundation, Petco Love, and they actually help us with grant monies as well. But any donations that we get from, again, adopting the dog or cat or our events, you can donate directly online. A lot of times if we have a particular uh, medical case, like I was speaking about earlier, we will be on Facebook with a fundraiser. Okay. It's almost every single time we have a urgent need that's medical, we will post a fundraiser online. So those are great revenues. So this uh, is as ARF, well. A-A-R-F dash TN dot com. Yep. And your Facebook page is ARF. Yeah, just A-A-R-F-T-N. You can search for that and you'll find us. We post on there uh, very, very religiously. We also have a group uh, that is for volunteers and friends. So if you just are a donor or a friend and you kind of want to maybe get your toes dipped into seeing some of the things that we do, you can join that group. It's uh, A-A-R-F-T-N Lifesavers. And you can search that. Join our group there. Say that you're interested in volunteering or fostering when when the questionnaire pops up. And we'll certainly get you plugged in for sure you have been a wealth of knowledge we still have a few minutes left and i know of course we we're talking about donations that is always uh, in a nonprofit. the main thing we need donations volunteers um i have enjoyed even though the pet spaying and neutering and, and overpopulation is a huge issue here in uh, putnam county and the upper cumberland region there is a huge pet loving population here yes. there's uh, a lot of pet support here mm-hmm. um if you do lose a dog or anything like that i mean people are just ready to help mm-hmm. and that's what i love about about this area. So um, what are some of the things that besides uh, becoming a foster um, or the donations, is there anything else you want to share about ARF and how people can just kind of hit us home with what could help our pet population um, be more manageable? Yes, ma'am. My biggest thing that I like to preach is advocacy. Okay. Just be an advocate. If you see a neighbor feeding a cat, go over and, and talk to the neighbor about the cat. Hey, is this your cat? And, you know, is it spayed or neutered or, you know, discuss with them if if it is or isn't and if it's not work with the local area clinic to trap and 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 fix it and release it people might think that's not nice to do but i mean it is helping i mean i can't imagine astronomically it impacts Mm -hmm. and i don't think people i think people think oh that's such a small thing and why would that matter to someone who sometimes cries myself to sleep over the issues that we see with kittens in this Mm -hmm. area Please, please advocate. And that's a sim- that's that is advocation at its simplest. Mm-hmm. And you can you can advocate through donations and through volunteering and through fostering. But if you just want to be an advocate in your community, in your neighborhood, in your area, spread the word, spread the knowledge, educate yourself. If you're a pet lover, Google. You can go to YouTube. There are so many YouTubers centralized on humane pet care and and fostering orphans and TNR trap new release. I would love to see a huge trap neuter release impact here in Cookville in the Upper Cumberland. If we focused on trap neuter release for cats, we could literally put a huge dent Mm -hmm. in what we see as far as unwanted and and sick and uh, neglected kittens every year. So I love advocation. (laughs) Advocate, advocate, advocate. If you see something, uh, you know, call you all, get on the Facebook page, find out how you can help. And of course, fostering, uh, you can do as much or little as you want. And like you said, dip your toe in Mm 
it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be a foster for a couple of weeks and just home that pet um, until they find a good home for yes. it and be and, that step. And some of us have done this for years. Mm-hmm. And we will hold your hand. We will help you. Mm-hmm. Don't be intimidated or scared. If you, I mean, we all started somewhere. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm doing vaccinations and intakes and basically everything short of what a vet tech would do at a vet's office. Mm-hmm. And I learned it. It's learned skills. So if you're just willing to get in there and learn, we will walk you through it every step of the way because we are hungry for helpers. <laughs> well, you're hungry for helpers. So Upper Cumberland, you've heard it. ARF-TN.com. A-A-R-F. All about rescuing and fixing. So grateful that this volunteer organization exists. You are helping our pet population um, find love and uh, control the pet population in a standard and healthy way. Thank you, Brittany Robbins, so much with ARF. So glad you could be with us. Man, Upper Cumberland, you've heard your calling. Go stay and neuter your pets and become a foster. Thank you so much.